0: Health systems are increasingly seeking to reorganize delivery of care to achieve greater value, improve access, integrate patient care among settings, advance population health, and address social determinants of health. Many new delivery models require reconfiguring the roles of various health professionals, but states and healthcare organizations often place restrictions on practitioners' scope of practice that can limit that flexibility. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. And I'm talking with Bianca Frogner, an associate professor of family medicine and director of the Center for Health Workforce Studies at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Dr. Frogner has co-authored a perspective article about modernizing scope of practice regulations. Dr. Frogner, could you start by giving us a bit of background on scope of practice regulations? Who's responsible for establishing scopes of practice and how do these regulations work?
1: So scope of practice refers to a set of regulations that are defined at the state level and they are laws in place that help define the services that a healthcare professional can deliver as well as the circumstances under which they are delivering those services. And what these scope of practice laws tend to do is to try to ensure quality of care for patients by ensuring that professionals are doing the things that they were trained to do. Now, each state develops their own scope of practice laws, which is what creates mismatch across states that leads to some confusion and some challenges for health systems as they're trying to make and implement the reforms coming down the pike.
0: So, you say in your perspective article that scope of practice regulations are inefficient, they increase costs, and they can reduce access to care. Why do they have such a hold?
1: So scope of practice laws create inefficiency partly because of this mismatch that exists across the states. So if you're a nurse practicing on one side of the country, you may not be able to do the same things if you move across the country to another state. That may have more restrictive laws around what they are able to do. And that by itself is an inefficiency because you have nurses, for example, who are trained to do a certain set of tasks that they were allowed to do in one state. And just by the virtue of moving to another state, they may no longer be able to do those same services. And so that is one inefficiency that exists. Uh, There are several studies that have been produced, particularly in the nursing field, that has shown that by relaxing scope of practice laws that has actually increased access to patients, in part because more providers are now available to provide the services that patients are desperately needing. And one of the reasons why scope of practice laws are in place are because professional organizations sometimes have a stake and they are trying to protect a profession by clearly defining what is their territory of activities versus what is in the purview of another profession's activities. And the amount of money that is spent on lobbying, while it hasn't been uh, quantified, is probably considerable and has led to each state kind of developing their own scope of practice laws according to kind of the strength of a lobbying organization that might exist in their state for a particular health profession. And I think one of the challenges to really breaking apart and some of the scope of practice laws to look at them and revisit them, one of the challenges for why we haven't really done that is that there is no central body that sits there and looks at these inconsistencies across the different states in the scope of practice laws. And I think that's only starting to happen more now, given that these health reforms are coming through and healthcare organizations are starting to ask questions. How do we leverage our healthcare workers to actually to implement these reforms. And then those especially who operate in multiple states are looking and realizing that these scope of practice laws are one of the barriers in the way. In addition, we do have a number of our health workforce research centers across the country. There are now seven of us across the country funded federally, but there's also private health workforce research centers who are starting to bring to light the challenges that are coming along with scope of practice laws.
0: So why do you think that What you call in your article protecting turf in a battle among health professions has been more important than the kind of evidence that you're saying is being produced when it comes to establishing these uh, regulations.
1: Well, I I think one of the challenges to date has been lack of data that has made it difficult to bring attention to the fact that scope of practice laws may be having differential impacts on patient access to care and their quality of care. And so I wouldn't say it hasn't been important in the past or less important than the need to protect turf. I think it's just starting to become more apparent that scope of practice laws are protecting turf as more research is starting to come about showing that scope of practice laws has not uh, improved quality of care, As especially in the nursing field. I think there has been a considerable number of um, investments to better understand the difference in what nurses are able to provide and the quality of care that they're providing across different states. And increasingly, other professions are starting to follow suit by what the nursing professions have done to better understand, again, what does scope of practice do to limit the ability of their health professions to be able to deliver care at the top of what they're being trained to do. I know in the field of physical therapy, they're starting to invest more in data collection to better understand what scope of practice laws are doing to restrict their ability to deliver care to a wider number of patients. Uh, In the world of dental care, there's also been more work to understand the impact of scope of practice laws on oral health. So I think this is more of an emerging area of research that we're saying needs to be paid attention to, probably needs to be invested more so we can better understand what does scope of practice do um, across states? But early indications of our research is suggesting that it is not necessarily benefiting patients to have these scope of practice laws as restrictive as they are in some states.
0: So what what would it take to attain greater uniformity in scopes of practice across the country? Can this kind of thing happen at the federal level, or would any reform have to involve every state signing on?
1: Well, one thing that I think many of us in the health workforce research arena like to say is all workforce planning happens locally. So this is something that should be thought of. Uh, Workforce planning, thinking about scope of practice laws, is a conversation that should happen locally because state scope of practice laws, uh, they are developed at the state level. And there is no federal agency that dictates scope of practice. But I do think that, and I I think collectively as a group of uh, leaders of these health workforce research centers, uh, we do see an opportunity for greater national discussions to help facilitate the state's to find some uniformity in their scope of practice laws. Now, there are other convening groups that can help facilitate some of this, such as the National Governors Association or the um, National Conference of State Legislatures. They can help do some of that convening across states where there can be better sharing of what states are doing around their scope of practice, or even just to do a landscape of how different scope of practice is across states. I think, actually, the federal investment by the Health Resources and Services Administration into the seven health workforce research centers that exist across the country is also an, an effort at the federal level to better understand what is happening in our health workforce. Now, we could potentially even have an advisory group at the national level uh, with a mix of actual health professions, uh, or at least representatives from those health professional organizations, that has employers, that has uh, state legislators, as well as researchers at the table to have this discussion to better understand the inconsistencies in scope of practice across states.
0: Finally, what role can physicians play in advocating for changes in scope of practice regulations, and, and what do you say to those who might feel threatened by expanded roles for other health professionals?
1: Well, we would like to make clear that we are not saying that we want to get rid of scope of practice laws. I think there is an, a realization among many health professions that actually by relaxing scope of practice laws, that has improved work-life balance for many providers across the spectrum, including physicians, because one of the challenges with scope of practice laws is that it Limits the ability to delegate tasks to workers who may be also capable of doing the tasks and it is probably more appropriate for their scope of work. So I think by revisiting our scope of practice laws and thinking about how we can relax them or make them aligned with meeting our needs to take care of patients, this actually releases burden on many health professions uh, and allows them to really work at the top of their license, which is what many health professionals want. They, A lot of health professionals, including physicians, are doing tasks on a regular basis that they don't feel... Are what they're trained to do. And that is a real waste that we have highly trained health professionals who spend many years in school and what they do in practice does not match what they were educated to do. And at the end of the day, what we really need to pay attention to is what patients need, what produces the best quality of care, and we need to think about what tasks help us achieve that, then think about which professionals help us achieve that in the most efficient and cost-effective way. That's really the way we should be approaching thinking about health workforce planning rather than thinking about each profession trying to protect their turf because this is about the patient at the end of the day.
0: Thank you, Dr. Frogner.